Previously on Normalized Podcast. Half of my life I spent noticeably physically deformed. I mean, I, I still am, but it's less noticeable that people walking by me definitely wouldn't even pick me out um, just by glancing at me. But I know that, you know, my 30th birthday was this year in July. And the fact of the matter is that I know I would have never gotten this far because of what I had gone through. If I never got the surgery to look cosmetically pleasing to the eye, I know for sure I would have committed suicide. I really found out what escapism was at a young age. I would force myself to dream. Every night I would cry, I would have an anxiety attack, but when that was over, I would just take a deep breath and just close my eyes and I would envision a whole new life and a whole new world for me where I can move through it as somebody that was normal. And that was the start of what escapism was to me. And then it morphed into something really deep and something really dark, which was addiction. At a young age, I started to get this addiction to video games and RPG role-playing games, um, to be exact. In college, I picked up my third escapism. That was marijuana. You know, it starts from dreams to video, video games and to marijuana. But when I also think about it, there was, there was a fourth thing in there too. It was my OCD. It was something that I've hidden for so long too. I was always trying to find some type of instant gratification, some type of endorphin release, that I would just do anything for it. And with OCD, I had, um, not had, have, because it's current, dermatillomania, if that's how you pronounce it, but that's the skin picking um, spectrum of OCD. I would completely completely pick my skin over and over again my favorite spot was my face and once I bloodied my face so much and bruised it up so much my second favorite spot was my chest when I look back I've wasted so many years in escaping myself my life my own goals and dreams. I've missed out on so many years of it that I have nothing to show for it. I have nothing to show for all those hours I've sat there and played video games. I have nothing to show for all those hours that I've smoked. But you know what? All of that's been my journey. I've been on this ride and each stop has has all been a crucial lesson to me, and I hope hearing this will be a crucial lesson to you. To think back on so many of the hours that we spend, maybe sitting on your phone for hours, looking and scrolling through social media for hours, or playing video games for hours. 
to sit back and ask yourself, what are you escaping from? That's just one part of my journey to becoming normal. So what the musical What is good? What is good, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Normalized Podcast. I am CJ, your host of Normalized Podcast. As always, I thank you for your time and attention. Normalizedpodcast.com is where you can find all of the previous episodes, catch up on season one and two, which was my journey to becoming normal, and season three, which was what we're in right now, which is four friends of mine, their journeys to becoming normal. Um, There's a very unique approach. Everybody got about three shows to share their journey, and the only requirement was you were honest. Honesty is a funny thing because obviously not everybody can do that. Um, you have to be able to acknowledge, understand and acknowledge your past. Um, all those uh, joyful moments, the painful moments, uh, the nuance, the complexity of life that got you to where you are now. You have to acknowledge and understand that. But that's only like half the battle. After that, you have to be willing to accept that that is the truth. You can't be in denial about it. Because on this show, if you are being honest, if you're not being honest, I guess I should say, people can check you on it. You're putting it out there in the public. So you have to be able to accept that as the truth. But then you have to be brave. That's the most important ingredient. You have to be brave enough to share it. Um, And what I've experienced from my first two seasons and actually sharing my journey, um, being brave enough to share my journey, it is the most rewarding experience because of two things. One you have basically rendered other people powerless over you. Um, You've accepted life on life's terms and and there's not anything that people can do to you because it's all out there and there's, it's fine, it's okay. You can can live with that. Um, Secondly, is because you know what you share actually empowers other people to go through that same freeing process. And having people reached out to me um, and tell me what that means to them, it's it's made my life so much more appreciative and enjoyable i'm just so much more grateful i guess i should say uh for everything and i know it's working because i had these four people willing to share their journeys and so here we are right we're bringing you with uh, amanda's back with her third episode and without amanda none of this really happens because amanda set off season three with the underdog she really talked about what it was like for her growing up with the physical deformity the pain and trauma she went through and now she's back to share where she is now what she's learned through this entire process of not just the podcast but obviously her life and what she's able to do moving forward and it is such a message of hope it's such a message of acceptance Um, it's such just a message of love it's everything that i wanted to get out of this season and i am so grateful and honored to have had her participate in the show in the way she has and normally what I do is kind of let my guests talk and I follow up on the back end. But on these third episodes that everybody has coming up, this is all them. Um, I'm trying to honor them and what they've done for me in this show. So without further ado, um, I'm going to catch you on the next episode. But for now, it's time for Amanda to share her journey. Hey, guys, Amanda is back. <laughs> I will say that. Probably a week and a half ago was the first time that I actually listened to the two episodes that I did in full length. I probably listened to a little bit of snippets here and there, but part of the reason is because it's just at times like emotionally too close. So 
I have to just, you know, take a step back and just click the stop button. But what I realized listening to those two episodes is that it was so freeing. I've spent my whole entire life hiding the fact that um, I was born with a deformity. I have the surgery, you know, I had the surgery around 14 or 15 years old. So at this point, it is definitely less noticeable, but I don't tell anybody. Um, All the people that have known me after the surgery, for the most part, do not know except um, probably two people. And the way that I kind of related to one person was just so casual and passing. And the other person is a very, very, very close friend of mine. And I'm very honest about my trauma and my past experiences in a way that I've never, ever been honest with anybody before. But nonetheless, I've definitely spent the last the last half of my life. I'm saying last half like I'm dying, but I will say the um other half of my life after surgery hiding it. I do not have any baby pictures or any pictures from when I was younger lying around my house. Um I've moved a couple times and I have left all of those pictures at my parents' house, and that's because I am in complete fear as rational or irrational as it sounds, but I'm in complete fear that somebody's going to find them. My mind just goes back to those days of just being teased that I can't bring myself to show a picture of me in that state because I just feel like that person is no longer looking at me as a human, is probably, I don't know, making fun of me in their head or I don't know what irrational thoughts that that come to me but that's why I just can't bring myself to be open about it it's like this huge secret that I have that I don't tell anybody so for me to get on this podcast and really be as open and honest that I mean in a way that I've never been before has been completely freeing and those last two episodes talked very much so about my past with a very small tidbit about my present. So I want to at least give you guys a glimpse of where I'm at today. Um, I feel like I feel like I've gotten I've gotten the one thing that I have been wanting and praying for before the surgery was just peace. All I wanted in life was to be at peace, that I can just walk out of my house. I can give a, I can um, go before an audience and just speak. I could be in a room full of people and be invisible. I have that. I have that peace. And I just lean into that peace so much. (laughs) And I'm so grateful and I thank God for this peace because I I never knew I was going to get it so that's the one thing that I always wanted for wanted and prayed for in life and I definitely got it now the next thing is 
for me at this point in my life, I am at this crazy crossroads that I never saw myself um, being in because um, I'm realizing, not that I didn't know before, but I'm realizing in even more detail how much I look at the world, how I act, how uncomfortable I am in certain situations, I realize how so much of that has a link to my past. So, you know, just to give you guys an idea, um, for me, I always noticed that I was just a very pessimistic person. Now, other people will say, oh, I'm negative, And I just feel that's a little bit too cliche and it doesn't really explain I don't know. It doesn't really explain things properly. Like I'm just very, very pessimistic. Every single scenario I play back in my brain, it doesn't work out because it never did. You know, when I was before the surgery, it nothing worked out for me. There was no happy ending during that time. Not an ending like my story's done, but there was there was nothing to be happy about. To be extremely blunt. Even though you can say there was, you know, in that moment when I was in it, there was nothing to be happy about. So I take that pessimism with me into adulthood. The fact that even to this day, I truly can't connect with people and I can't keep friendships. I mean, a lot of that is just directed towards back then. I probably just had one friend per school. And even then, even though I had the like that one friend at each moment, I was never, ever, ever open or vulnerable with this person. I would always keep them at an arm's length because I would talk about every every other thing under the sun, but I could not bring myself to talk about what I was personally going through, how much I was teased. How much that took a toll on my self-esteem, peace in my mind, and it just took over my whole entire life. You know, I was never open about what I was going through while I was going through it. And I even see that today, like the fact that so many people that I've befriended, so many people that I've probably like dated or been in like a um, somewhat long-term relationship with. I've never told those people that I was born with a deformity. I never told them what I went through. You know, all I all I would tell them is just like in just blanket terms like, yeah, I went through trauma. Yeah, I go through a lot. Yeah, and then, you know, even recently the last probably I don't know, the last 5 years I've been open with some people that I do have OCD, but I'm very vague about it and I never tell them what, you know, what specifically. So it's been a lot of me hiding my true self, hiding um, my vulnerability and my openness and keeping a wall up. Not to say that you have to be open with every single person, but I'm telling you, it's amazing some of the things that I am open with about my childhood, about my upbringing, and about a lot of other things. But yet, I can't bring myself to be open about that. Being so uncomfortable when people give me compliments, even if I'm dating this person and they give me a compliment, it is so uncomfortable 
to me. Even when I'm out in public and a guy expresses some interest in me or he gives me a certain look to show that he's interested, I just feel so completely uncomfortable, which is probably why I'm still single. (laughs) That's not the full reason, but that's probably a good chunk of it. Um, Why? Why? Again, going back to the root of it, because for so long I was called ugly. I was called so many names. People would look at me in disgust. People would stare at me like I'm a zoo animal. People would treat me so crazy and just be so mean and hurtful and would humiliate me in public. Going through that for half of my life, this is half of my life here. Um, And then it's like, oh, you have surgery, okay. Oh, now it's different. Now you're attractive to people. Now people think you're pretty or you're this or like... It's it's hard. It's so hard to just turn just turn that off all of a sudden. Like it never happened. And you know, I'm also used to just being alone and being a loner, and that's also another reason why it just connects to me not being not being able to connect with people, um not being able to keep friendships because for me, I I rather I'm fine with just not calling or texting a person. I'm fine with not going out. Like, I'm fine with just either staying at home or going out by myself on my own terms. Like, I will go to a restaurant by myself. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But it's like, I do have people to call on or I do I do have people to express myself to, to but I don't use it. I don't use my lifelines <laughs> because I'm so used to just being alone. So here we are. And here I am at this crossroad of everything melding together and truly making sense of why my life today looks the way that it is. And it's not all bad things. Trust me, it's not. And that's not what I'm trying to say here. But it all makes sense. And I'm at this road where I finally feel that I'm free and I have the power to rewrite my narrative to go a completely different path not to be so much I don't know if the word is like just so immersed in the past but to just break free of those chains and that prison that I've been in for so many years so many years it brings me also to the OCD. I told you in, you know, the last episode or two that I do have OCD and specifically it is dermatillomania. So it is skin picking. So it's in the OCD spectrum. I am so deathly afraid. It's crazy that I'm being open about it now on the podcast, but like, I'm so deathly afraid of people really finding out. And I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's obvious, but what I'm going to say is that I have so many scars on my face and so much bruising on my face that what is obvious is that I did that to myself. And nobody has ever really said much of anything about my skin. You know, I've only had one stranger where I pissed her off so much she said something. I forgot what it was, but that's it. Like, nobody has ever said anything about my skin. I've been at so many low points with it because 
I just, I couldn't battle it alone and I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't battle it without professional help and I've indirectly gotten professional help, which means I've gone to therapy about other things and just casually brought it up in there, but it's it was never really a treatment plan or we're really gonna attack this. I decided recently to really turn things around when it when it came to that and so far it has been working. Um, I finally got the help that I needed, but it was from a different route. Um, it was actually from just a dermatologist route and not necessarily a therapist route. And I think, you know, working with a dermatologist to make sure my fear, my skin's cleared up and my scars are gone, or at least less noticeable, um, it has put me in such an empowering position where instead of like what I was doing before, which I mean, I was bruising myself, I was hurting myself, and in a way just beating up on myself. Now I have a chance to give back to myself, to rejuvenate myself. So I don't have a desire at this point in time to pick at my skin. I'm, you know, I'm still in the very beginning stages of it, and it hasn't been too long, but so far, grace of God, (laughs) it is working. So I will say that like my present day is complicated in a way, but I feel like I've said multiple times that I'm finally free and that now I'm in a space where I can truly, truly be open and truly, truly be vulnerable with the people around me and the future people that will be around me that I can that I can finally just be open about my past um I don't know if I'm in a place to have my pictures around but I'm in a place to be to be honest about it for the first time because I think then all of those puzzle pieces will fall into place and that huge wall that I have and trouble connecting with people will completely crumble. Normalizedpodcast.com